0: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everybody. Tim McMaster here along with Scott Merkin, our MLB.com White Sox reporter. Still with the back problem, Scott. I know you're trying to get good for the regular season, but we are going to power on through with this podcast. Um, as always, you're, you're playing hurt, which we we appreciate very much. So the White Sox have made some moves. They've gotten some Uh, performances on the Hill. Let's start with uh, the newest guy in a White Sox uniform, who is Robbie Ross, added on a minor league deal. Uh, People may remember him for his time with the Red Sox and the Rangers. Uh, Left-handed pitcher. He's been very good at times throughout his career, um, and we'll see what he can give to the White Sox. Uh, He had a tough 2017, but he could be a nice bargain piece in that bullpen if it all works out for him.
1: Yeah, I gotta say, Tim, if you would have asked me back at Soxfest at the end of January if I'd planned on seeing snow on March sixth, <laughs> which I did, uh, I would have said, You're crazy. It never snows in Arizona, but here I am. Anyways, back back to Robbie Ross. You know, it, it's been a pattern of what Rick Hahn has done really, I guess, since around SoxFest, and that he's he hasn't added any of the, you know, kind of big name free agents who are still out there despite the Sox being frequently rumored kind of, you know not really connected, but checking in on them, which I I don't think is going to be the case. Um, But he's added some, you know, some arms that have the possibility of, you know, adding to the team, helping the team now, maybe getting some sort of return if they're not in contention this year and decide to move some of the guys that did it last year, but really giving Ricky Renteria some, some late inning and just some bullpen options in general, you know I mean? And you got a guy like you added a guy like Hector Santiago who, you know, if Carson Fulmer, he struggled in spring training for a couple of starts. Now, granted, it's spring training, so you don't base a lot off that. But, you know, Hector Santiago can move into that fifth spot if need be. They signed uh, Jenmar Gomez, who's had a good spring. Bruce Rondone, who had, you know, some issues in Detroit, but certainly has talent. Just Je- um, said Gomez. Xavier Cedeno. And now Robbie Ross. So there's a lot of veteran arms that didn't cost the Sox, you know, a ton, obviously, combined. And, you know, they're not all gonna break camp with the team. You have another guy like Rob Scahill, who was already a non roster invite before, you know, these later signings and gives them options. Gives them gives them options at all different levels in this rebuild. And to kind of also let some of the younger guys continue to develop and not push them in the two thousand eighteen season.
0: Dylan Cease is a guy who's hopefully a big part of this team's future. Uh, He's pitching with the big club in spring training right now. He was good on Monday. Two innings, he allowed just a hit, no runs. He walked a couple of batters, but he struck out four. He's the number five-ranked prospect in the system. He was part of that Jose Quintana deal uh, last season. Um, Let's hear from Dylan Cease and Rick Renteria after his performance on Monday.
1: It's been good. Uh, I've been working on mostly just getting my mechanics back to where I want them to be, um, and it, it was nice to be be able to get in that first game and, and uh, get that experience. Big thing is working on throwing uh, off speed for a strike, and um, that's you know I'm sure I'm going to continue to work on that for the rest of the year. Definitely want to focus now on throwing my off speed with uh, more arm speed because so I think I I can get into the habit of babying a little bit, but. Um, other than that, it's just to keep getting after it. We're trying to get his breaking ball and the secondary pitches uh, to be used more effectively, the changeup. Uh, just see how he uh, navigates through uh, this ball game with his pitches, uh, see how efficient he can be. He is uh, an individual who knows what he's capable of doing, I believe. And it's just a matter of all of it coming together and uh, commanding the strike zone, like for any pitchers that, that, that goes on the mound.
0: So Cease is the future, not the present, but it's always nice to see these young guys with good performances when pitching with the big league club, right, Scott?
1: Yeah, there's no question. You know, back at uh, SoxFest, back when I was relatively pain-free, I hosted a seminar that last day with uh, Cease, Gavin Sheets, and now I'm going to miss the third person who was up there. Boy, that's going to drive me nuts. There's a third player up there, and I can't think who it was, and I apologize to him. But Cease had, like, a real quiet confidence about himself. You know, he was real – it, you you can see he, he knows what he needs to do to be successful. And remember, he had some, I guess, shoulder fatigue at the end of last year that shut him down with uh, it, for Class A Kannapolis in the playoffs. But he told he told us at SoxFest and said it during that panel that he was, he felt fine shortly after the season ended and kind of worked through it during instructional league. You, you know, the thing about Cease is I think he's a little bit forgotten that deal because you trade Jose Quintana, who's, one of the most reliable starters in baseball, great contract to the defending World Series champs. And in return, you get a guy in Eloy Jimenez who could be, you know, one of the cornerstones of the rebuild. So it's easy to overlook Cease, who also was a huge piece in that trade. And, you know, right now he's going to go into the season and he'll be a starter, but, you know, a lot of times some of the best relievers are starters who just don't fit into the rotation. You know, I think Cease has stuff to be a starter. I think he could also be a closer on it, on a, championship caliber type team too and again you know you're looking at a couple outings this spring and you don't want to suddenly turn around just like you don't want to say because Carson Fulmer struggled that he's got no chance you don't want to anoint Cease as the new ace of the you know the future but it's, it's good to see that he's performed this well after being slowed down at the end of last year
0: Joan Mancada on Friday, obviously another one of those, but former prospect at this point as he graduated last year, but he hit leadoff on Friday. Uh, Rick Renteria is saying that it's something the club's exploring. You think about Mancada; obviously he has the speed to hit leadoff. I'm not sure at this point in his career he necessarily has the patience, but how do you think he would fit into that role if, if given it?
1: I, I want to add one other thing. Blake Rutherford was the third guy on oh, that Oh, there panel. you go. Can't, Great. Can't, and he's a Michigan fan, so I, how I forgot him is shameful right there. Um, <laughs> You know, I think they're still kind of toying with the lineup a little bit. You know, Tim Anderson hit leadoff last year. I think they've looked a little bit at Adam Engel, you know, Leori Garcia when he plays, and he's going to be one of those, I think, 300, 350, 400 at-bat guys used all over the diamond, left, center, short, second, you know, wherever they need him. So I think there's a lot of options, but it sounds like, you know, Moncada could be a fit. Not like you said, you know, he's, he's not very experienced. He hasn't shown great pace. Well, I mean, he, he does have good at-bats, though even if his strikeout totals are kind of high, he does seem to kind of know what he needs in the strike zone and know what he needs to kind of be effective. So it'd be an interesting option, especially with that speed in front of RBI guys like Anderson. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anderson could be, you know, number two guy, uh, Brayu, Avi Garcia. So I think, I don't think anything is set in stone for them yet, but I think they're looking at all their different options. And Moncada could be one of those options at the top of the order. Moncada also, I think, could be a six hitter too and drive in runs. So I think you have the best of
0: both worlds in Moncada. Yeah, he's certainly got that power that he can get sure, started in either places. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, MLB Pipeline came out with their organizational rankings last week, and no surprise, the White Sox checking in highly once again. They are number three uh, this year. The Padres were number one. Uh, the Braves checking in number two, and then the White Sox three. It's the same position that the White Sox were in preseason in twenty seventeen, mid season twenty seventeen. They moved up to number one. Now back to number three. They've had players obviously graduate already but that system still loaded when you look at that top 10 right now as it was released Aloy Jimenez number one Michael Kopech two Luis Robert three Alec Hanson four Cease who we just spoke about five Dane Dunning another right hander six Blake Rutherford, who you mentioned, seven. Then Jake Berger, who's hurt, obviously, this spring, but still a bright future, number eight. Zach Collins, the catcher out of Miami, number nine. And then Carson Fulmer, another name you mentioned, number 10. It's a nice mix of position players and pitchers, three outfielders in there. Um, It's just a system that's seemingly going to continue to give over the next year or two. When you look at that list, a lot of those guys are going to be there soon, right?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, Rick Hahn has talked to me a number of times about this and that He's kind of unofficially following the Atlanta Braves model, you know, the Braves team that won, what, 14, 15 straight division titles, in that it's great to be able to go out and did what they did for a few years. I'm talking after the 2005 World Series year, you know, where they added Adam Dunn, where one year they added, you know, they traded for some margin, added Melky Cabrera and David Robertson all in the same uh, week, basically, of winter meetings. It's great to be able to do that, but at some point you have to be self-sufficient in order to keep winning consistently you know you may be able to get that together for one year but you're not going to use that model and contend for multiple championships which is what rick Hahn's stated goal has been and now they've done that and it's kind of interesting to see how sox fans take so much pride over where the system ranks just as padres fans do and braves fans do you know and philly fans and yankees fans all up near the top there with the top systems but yeah i think you know it's it's a very i mean rick Hahn has talked about the Sox general manager of course has talked about. There's really someone at every spot right now. Now we all know, rarely does that pan out where you don't have to go outside the organization to, you know, find someone to kind of complete the rebuild. You know, we saw the Cubs do it. We saw Houston do it. Kansas City did it. It may be via a big trade. It may with some of these guys moved. It may be being a bit, being via a big free agent signing. But eventually, you got to add on. But the thing is, they have the chance now this year to watch these guys and see who develops. And see where you can look at someone and say, "Yeah, maybe we need something there just to make sure." So you know, it, it's they've done a great job, and they've done it in a short amount of time. Really, I mean, this rebuild kind of officially began in what December of 2016. We're in 18 now, right? So at that winter meetings when they traded Chris Sale and Adam Eaton, and now look, you know, they're already the number one farm, top three, I'm sorry, farm system in the game. Have a lot of guys like Moncada, Giolito, um, Lopez, who have graduated to the big leagues already. And, you know, have another top four pick coming this year and good pool money to use in the draft, are still, you know, looking at international areas, even though restricted because of the Luis Robert signing, and have guys that can be the cornerstone of this rebuild. So they, they've, done a, they've done a great job. And, you know, real quick, kudos to Jake Berger. I saw Rick Hahn made this quote, and I talked to Nick Haas, the director of amateur scouting for the White Sox, that as rough as it is to, you know, what your second game and your first spring training to rupture your Achilles, he was basically when they were examining saying, you know, I'm going to crush this re- rehab, I'm going to crush this diet and, and come back in the best shape of my life. A lot of people's favorite phrase for uh, spring training, which I did not hit this year unfortunately. And he's he's ready to go. You know, he's ready to do it. I mean, it's a it's a bad setback, but he's one of those guys in the top 30 that could be an elite player and just has to deal with, you know, kind of the medical problem that he has right now.
0: And Berger is a guy that they drafted, obviously. Zach Collins, they drafted. They have Robert, right. who you mentioned they signed internationally, and in all the trades. Alan They've Hansen's
1: done it. A draft pick. Al, Al right. Hanson was a guy who, you know, right after the previous draft was considered a 1-1 type guy, had a real rough next year for Oklahoma. Sox stayed on him, took a chance, and this could be a guy who could be you know, right there with Kopech at the top of the rotation eventually.
0: So they've done it in all the different ways, whether it be draft Without a doubt. Yeah, no doubt about it. That's the way to get it done and get all those players. All right. This has been com Extras, our White Sox edition. For Scott Merkin, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time.